deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin! And this game is underway with a bang! This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. I've been looking forward to tonight's show all week long. We've spent so much time this week talking about the Brewers, talking about the Packers. We got into with the Badgers yesterday, talking to Radio Joe. We've talked about every team. We haven't really talked about the Milwaukee Bucks. Tonight we are going to. Tonight they play the Lakers at Pfizer Forum. Both teams 24-4. and The best teams in their respective conferences, both with an MVP candidate. It's a huge game. And tonight's game gives us an opportunity to do something we typically don't get to do in the regular season. And that's actually like focus and take one game really, really seriously. You do that in the postseason. All right, game four tonight. How should the Bucks handle it? Right, game six, elimination game. Here we go. In the regular season, it's all big picture stuff. Bucks are having a good week. They beat the Mavericks on Monday. You know, played uh, played the... Uh, Fill in the blank with a with a bad team. They pulled the Pistons on Thursday, and you're, you're more so talking about the Bucks in big picture. Tonight, oh, there's so much riding on this game. We, we are going to talk about every little aspect of this game, all of the storylines going into this game, and we get to talk about this game individually, which during the NBA regular season, we don't get a chance to do very often, and it is so much fun. I'm excited, but first, before we get into that, we got to talk about the Brewers. We have to. Because, I don't know if you noticed, I, I made the joke yesterday that I- instead of the, the 12 days of Christmas, we're kind of in the middle of the 12 days of Stearns, the 12 days of David Stearns. He just keeps signing players. Now, they signed another player earlier today, Justin Smoke. That is the seventh player in the last two weeks, I believe since the beginning of last week. The seventh player uh, in, in just over a week that the Brewers have signed. They've been adding guys left and right, and, and we've tried to talk about every one and and tried to get to know all these players, and it's hard because some of them come from the American League and we've never heard of them before. We don't know anything about some of these players. Justin Smoke is probably a name that that most of you are familiar with because he's been around the league and he's been on some pretty decent teams, especially in Toronto. Now, they signed Justin Smoke to a one-year, what a surprise, right? $5 million contract. That's the deal. That's the information. One year, $5 million. Now, there are some some interesting tidbits. Now, that was first reported by John Heyman and Ken Rosenthal. Now, what I've found fascinating these last couple of weeks when we're, when we're looking at breaking baseball news, Jeff Passan of ESPN, he doesn't, he doesn't break signings. He, he just trails behind. He's like the ambulance chaser. Okay, John Heyman broke the news that the Brewers are signing Justin Smoke. Okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some more details. I'm going to be that. I'm going to be the detail guy. So Jeff Passan tweeted out some contract details. About six hours ago, this this gives you a little bit more background information on how the contract works. So it is a one-year $5 million contract, but it includes a club option for $5.5 million in 2021. So he is guaranteed to be paid $4 million this year, and the option has a $1 million buyout. So even if he's only a member for the Brewers for this year, he's getting $5 million, one way or another. Now, that could be extended into next year, but if it is only one year, it's just $5 million. That's as high as it can go. Jeff Passan tweeting it out, right? Ch- chasing... The breaking news of John Heyman and Ken Rosenthal, and just I'm not, I'm not going to break news. I'm just going to get the contract details because those are important too, right? Justin Smoke, one year, five million dollars. Now to try to give you some reference, Smoke's been playing first base up in Toronto, so we probably I don't I don't want to I don't want to assume for you. I have not watched a lot of Toronto Blue Jays baseball when they were in the playoffs with Bautista. I remember that a little bit. Otherwise, 
I, I watch the Brewers, watch a little bit of the Cubs, the Cardinals. That's about it. So I'm trying to learn about these players as we go to Justin Smoke has been in Toronto for a couple of years playing first base. Last year hit 208, which is not great, and 22 home runs. Now he's dealing with some injuries and, and some other circumstances as well. Now, for reference, and I certainly needed this for a little bit of reference, I, I like to compare it to Eric Thames because I wanted Eric Thames back. I, I, wanted, I wanted their first baseman to be Eric Thames, especially the direction this offseason is, is trending where they probably – aren't going to spend a whole lot of money. It looks like I thought Eric Thames would be perfect. Well, comparing the last couple of seasons from Smoke and Thames, Thames has been hitting 241, 72 home runs, and OPS of 118. Compare that to Smoke, who's been hitting two points higher, 243. He has 85 home runs to Eric Thames, 72, and an OPS, which is one point better, at 119. Adam Adam McAlvey of MLB.com and Brewers.com tweeted that out earlier today, and I thought that painted a really good picture. Comparing Eric Thames the last couple of years, and comparing those couple of seasons to Justin Smoke, the Brewers' new first baseman. Now, the moves that have been made by David Stearns and the Brewers so far have been depth moves. We talked about that yesterday, right? A lot of these moves have been small contracts. Like, they're, they're trying to find diamond in the rough type players. And you need those players on your roster. You need depth. You need guys to come off the bench to, to make a spot start on a Sunday, a day game after a night game, things of that nature. But... Your team can't only consist of depth guys. And outside of Josh Lindblom, who I think is going to be a big piece of this rotation, that's what these moves have been. right? Ryan Healy, Eric Sogard, a lot of depth guys. This isn't a depth guy. I, I, I think Justin Smoke is going to be their everyday first baseman. Maybe Ryan Braun spends a little time there. Maybe Ryan Healy. But I, I think Justin Smoke is going to spend the majority of time at first base for the Milwaukee Brewers. So this is not a depth move. I think this is their guy. And Ryan Healy, Ryan Braun, some of these other players are going to be backing up Justin Smoke. That doesn't mean I love it. That doesn't mean I I think he's an amazing player. I think given the options available for first baseman and free agency this year, I think he's a good value. They didn't overspend. They didn't lock themselves into a huge contract. And they got a decent first baseman given what was available. Now... With the money that they have saved only signing the Ryan Healy's and Eric Sogard and Justin Smokes of the world, I expect there to be another splash move. I don't think there was a splash move to be made at first base. Talking about, well, Eric Thames, Justin Smokes, none of those guys are going to command a big contract. So they found a player that they found to have good value at the price, and I hope that they splash at third base or splash on a starting pitcher or maybe splash on a relief pitcher. Because the Brewers are going to need to make a splash move at some point. They're going to need to bring in a star player at some point. They've been adding depth. I think Justin Smoke is a decent first baseman. I think he's fine. I joked on Twitter earlier today, you can find me at Keystroker Grant, that this bumps their win total for 2020, I think, from 75 to 78. I don't know if this is a needle-moving move, but it's a move in the right direction. I still think Stearns needs to make a splash move for a starting pitcher, for a third baseman. Because you can win games and you can compete with Justin Smokes and Eric Sogards. You can, and and Craig Council's shown the ability to manage players like that and get the most out of them. But if you want to win a World Series, and and I don't know about you, the last two years have been fun. I'm looking for something else. I'm looking for something bigger. I'm looking for the Brewers to make the World Series. At some point, you're going to have to make a move for a star. You're going to have to make a splash move. And I hope that that move is there to be made at third base. Maybe Josh Donaldson. Maybe a starting pitcher. They have all their depth. Now they need their frontline players. Now they need their frontline players. And I hope 
they look to make one or two splash moves after establishing all this depth. Because the roster turnover has been insane. I don't know if we fully appreciate it because it's baseball and there's always a little bit of turnover. This would be like the Milwaukee Bucks saying, okay, we're going to we're gonna keep Giannis, but we're going to get rid of Bledsoe, we're going to get rid of Lopez, we're going to get rid of Middleton. We'll keep Wesley Matthews, that's fine. We'll keep Lorenzo Kane or, or one other player. But other than that, we're going to flop the whole roster. That's what the Brewers have done. There's a huge turnover so far this offseason. We're going to have to get to know a lot of new players, uh, find roles for them on this Brewers team. It, it, it's going to be a, a learning curve and a learning process for fans as the season starts. I think they've added good depth, but depth is meaningless if that depth isn't playing behind star players. It's like only having a bench in basketball. That's great. That's great. You have a good bench. But if your starters stink, what, what, does, it, what does it mean? What does it matter? It, it doesn't, really. Brewers need to make a splash move or two, or they're not going to be competitive for a World Series. And that is ultimately the goal, right? My goal is to not, for the Brewers, to be a cute, competitive, small market team. Oh, just have a little bit of fun. Be in it. Play meaningful games in September. No. We've done that the last two years. Got to set your sights a little higher. You got to you got to seek improvement. And improving would mean making the World Series for the Milwaukee Brewers this season. And that, that should be the expectation. That should be the goal. Now, that being said, we've gotten the Brewers chat out of the way. Hopefully they don't make another signing during the show. Although, for whatever reason, I have a suspicion they will. We're going to talk Bucks, Lakers. Biggest game of the NBA season so far. The 2019-2020 NBA season. At least outside of opening day. We're going to talk to Dave Carney because he is... A Laker fan and a Bucks fan, and I'm going to put him in the uncomfortable spot of making a choice. I'm going to force him to do that. He's going to join us in a few minutes on the Five Star Telecom Talking Text Line. We're going to talk Bucks, Lakers, and exactly what this game means. It means everything. We're going to talk all the way up until 6 o'clock and then enjoy that game tonight. Hopefully I don't bite my nails off and pace my living room for, for two and a half hours. Dave Carney of Mornings with Dave and Scrady coming up next. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. This might be my favorite show of the week. I've been looking forward to this because tonight is Bucks lakers and we don't get a lot of games like this throughout the course of an 82-game regular season. A lot of our NBA talk is big picture. Tonight's incredible game and incredible matchup allows us to kind of actually dig deeper and look at an individual game, which normally we can't do. The following is a test of the West Wisconsin area emergency alert system. Very proud of you and Hunter and all the accomplishments you're doing at UW. So, anyways, uh, Brewer talk. Um, I I think you're you're going to be off on that this uh, first baseman smoke because the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel has an article yesterday that says that Abasil Garcia, the newly acquired outfielder, is going to slot in there at, at left. Grant and they're going to put Ryan Braun in at first base. Me and Scrady were talking about this today quite a bit. I don't know if I like Braun at first. This gives me the idea that 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 Stearns is making this smoke move for 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 death, like you just mentioned. Sure. I just think they're going to make a mistake and put Ryan Braun at first base all season. And I think they overpaid for Eric Sogard. I like Sogard, but four and a half million bucks—that's oh, yeah. not a, a positional guy. Once in a while, he's got to be out there pretty much every day. Well, that's what I've said about a couple of these contracts. Is is we look at Eric Sogard and we say, "Oh, it's a nice depth piece. It's a nice story." That that's not a feel good story. Money like that's a fat check no. for a team that is supposedly trying to shed all this payroll. I 
I don't know. Dave, and we'll leave it with this with the Ryan Braun first base talk. I agree with you. I don't think the Brewers want to put him there because I think if that was their goal, they would have done it four years ago, Dave. We've been talking about this for how long, and it just hasn't happened. So I don't think it's going to happen. Well, since 2018, at least specifically, Grant, I'll draw you back to that spring training. Yeah. Christian Yelich comes over in a trade. Um, uh, Lorenzo Cain comes over via free agency. There's too many guys in the outfield. They say, you know what we got to do? we got to put Ryan Braun at first. He can't field the position. It is an easier position than a, a lot of – it's not as tough as third base, Grant, but it's still a very difficult position. And we actually went through a list of some of the greatest first basemen today. And what we came up with was range, length, and girth. Yep. You're talking Frank Thomas, Jim Tomey, uh, Albert Pujols, Lou Gehrig. If you want to you know, arch yourselves back that way, I just don't think Braun fits the bill. I'm a little nervous about this season, G. Bill. So we'll get on to the box I'm very confident about. How yeah, about that? Yeah, I, no, I hate everything the Brewers have done this offseason. I think Justin Smoke is a step in the right direction, as I said, but I'm not, I, I don't think this team's going to win very many games. Dave, it's interesting because you are a Lakers fan. You were a Lakers fan before you came uh, and started doing the great work you do here at WKTY, and, and you have become a huge Bucks fan, and you have adopted the Bucks. What are you thinking going into tonight? Because I know these are your two favorite teams, and you love the Lakers. You love the Bucks. You might be higher on the Bucks than anybody I know. How does tonight work for you? Like, what team are you higher on? Because I know that you love both so much. So, for like just transparency purposes, I'm still like dressed up like I'm a ten year old today in full Bucks <laughs> gear. I wore it to work. I've got Bucks sweatpants on, a Bucks sweatshirt on, a Bucks t shirt on under the sweatshirt. I wore my Bucks beanie cap. I'm all over Milwaukee, Grant. And and here's the thing. I haven't watched a ton of Lakers basketball. Maybe half a dozen games this year. They play on the West Coast. It's tough. But when they're on, I check them out on NBA TV. I'm watching the game versus the Pacers the other night. No Kyle Kuzma, no Anthony Davis. But it's just not a very fun basketball team to watch compared to the Bucks. Now, compared to Boston, Philadelphia, Indiana, Brooklyn, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Mavericks. I love the Lakers. Yeah. But when you watch what Milwaukee does, the passion, the brotherhood, the camaraderie, the the team first mentality, Grant, this is why people gravitate and are gravitating towards Milwaukee more and more because they you can tell it's palatable on the screen. And if you go to a game, these players play for each other. Now, the Lakers are doing a fantastic job off to their best start in franchise history. That's saying a lot. That's a 16-championship team. Yeah. The only other team to win more are the Boston Celtics, and the Lakers will surpass them for sure. But I am for the Bucks, and I am with the poll question on our website at WKTYsports.com, which right now is very heavy in favor of Milwaukee winning tonight's matchup. I'm all over the Bucks here. I think they're a deeper, more complete team. The top two talents on the Lakers, by far better than the top two talents on the Bucks. But the top one talent on the Bucks is better than both of the top one talents on the Lakers. So the, I think the Bucks have done a great job. They've assembled a roster to try to defend the bigs that were giving them problems last year and bringing in Robin Lopez, bringing yeah. in some other, you know, Jeff Urson is still there. I just, I really feel the Bucks have the advantage, Grant. And, and we'll go through some other stuff, but I've got some great stats, and I think there'll be some reasons why Milwaukee can can reasonably win this game this evening. Well, they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. I think Pfizer form is going to be rocking. This has been a game that I think fans of both teams have had circled for a while. I, I just think the atmosphere is going to be great. And, and I'd pick the Bucks too, 
because the game is in Milwaukee, I think they're both great. I think we're going to learn a lot about both teams tonight. I, I want to ask, so the Lakers are without Kuzma. The Bucks are without Eric Bledsoe. Normally, normally, Dave, I think the, the, the absence of Eric Bledsoe is a huge deal because of what he does uh, defensively. I, I think the Bucks can manage offensively without Eric Bledsoe. But in tonight's game, I, I don't know the, the, the shifty, quick point guard that Eric Bledsoe would be matched up against. I don't know if his defensive services would be demanded the same way tonight as they would be against some other teams. Does the Eric Bledsoe loss have a huge impact on tonight's game for you? I I don't think it's that big of a deal. No, and that's why the number is where it is at four and a half. I pegged this game, I was handicapping it earlier, I pegged it at Milwaukee minus two, being a two-point favorite as opposed to four and a half. What this tells you is that you're right. And Eric Bledsoe in this matchup doesn't make a statistical difference. And the point that you brought up about the Lakers and the shiftiness of the point guard, LeBron James is the point guard. Yeah, He leads the league in assists per game. Um, they start with this lineup. It's LeBron James, Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, Danny Green, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Off the bench, you get Alex Caruso, you get Rajon Rondo, you get Avery Bradley. You'll get Jared Dudley because Kyle Kuzma isn't playing. And you'll get Dwight Howard, who is actually having a very good season. He is. Statistically, it doesn't jump off the page, but his plus-minus numbers are through the roof. And I watched him play in Indiana, and they're a very good team. This is this is the thing, Grant, and, and we can go through all the metrics. The Bucks are number one in the league in scoring. They average 121 points. The Lakers are number two in the league in defense in points allowed. They only give up 104 points a game. The Lakers are number one in field goal percentage at 48.5%. The Bucks are number two at 48.4%. The Lakers and Bucks are, are, are unquestionably the two best teams in the league. Yes. Where it gets difficult for L.A. in a 48-minute game or a seven-game series is the 12 to 14 players Milwaukee can play that can outplay the 8 through 12 player on the Lakers. The top seven players for the Lakers may feasibly be able to outmuscle the, the, the Bucks' top seven players. You could make an argument for that. But past that, you're in trouble. Um, to see Kyle Pulver the other night in a losing effort, score 17 points, block shots, get rebounds, this is a seldom-used player. He would start on four or five teams, and he would be a sixth man on probably a half a dozen more. This is a player that doesn't see the court. DJ Wilson scores 19, 17 points in consecutive games. He hasn't been hurt because they don't need him. Yeah. Um, the Bucs are, are, are a very deep team. They're very well coached, and Giannis is the best player in the league. The deficiencies we saw last year, Grant, and we'll save the free-throw shooting for another time, but the three-point shooting is a threat now. He doesn't have to hit 50, but 36% from the three, that's serviceable, and you can live with that. And then you have to respect the honors out there. I just I feel there's too many advantages for Milwaukee. LA's been on a huge, huge road streak. Uh, they've won seven of their last eight, but that's been a very long road trip for them. So the Bucks really have a lot of things the wind is at their sails tonight. They should really come out on top of this matchup. Yeah, I, I agree. And just really briefly, Dave, you're, you're talking about those the, the Lakers starting five, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee and, and all of those bigs in their immediate rotation, even if they're not starting. I, I think the op- the moves that the Bucks made in the offseason, like bringing in Robin Lopez, just having more big bodies, more options, right? I think that's something that they were lacking last year. And that depth when they're with their bigs, that might actually really come into play tonight more than, say, Eric Bledsoe would. Would you agree? Hundred percent, and look at what the Lakers did. They went to counter what the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks were doing last year. The Golden State Warriors are unique in and of themselves, and and that is what it is. And believe me, that thing's not done up there. They're taking a year off. They're going to get the number one draft pick and watch out for next year. Yeah. But the point is, 
the Lakers went to counter what the Raptors and what the, the Bucks were doing, the Sixers were doing. I mean, Ben Simmons was the point guard. Giannis brings the ball up the court 60% of the time for the Bucks. Similarly with the Raptors. So, the, no, I don't think Bledsoe becomes as big of an issue. But, yes, the Bucks made the correct moves in shoring up the big positions. Now, Drajan Bender hasn't played at all. And, and, and if you're listening to the show right now with Grant Bills, in two years from now, the Wisco Sports Show will feature a kid named Drajan Bender who will only be 24 <laughs> and will eventually be very good. The Bucks are a very smart team, and, and they've, they've put themselves in a position drafting length. They are at an advantage from the jump. You add a Robin Lopez who is a dog and now shoots threes all of a sudden. Oh, boy. It, it becomes tough. I mean, Dwight Howard's improved, but he's not that improved. But Dwight Howard does look good. I have to say that as a, a, a Laker fan and a Bucks fan, Dwight Howard looks very good. Well, well, as a Laker fan, Dave, I want to ask you one more question. This is the kind of stuff that I love that we get from the NBA. I don't know if you saw what Magic Johnson said. I know you guys do trending now in the morning. This is something that I would have loved to talk about because I think this is why the NBA is is hilarious. So Bill Plaschke uh, did an interview or had a conversation with Magic Johnson, who, of course, like stepped down because the Lakers were terrible and dysfunctional last year. (laughs) And he said that. This team would not be in the position it's in without me. This is my strategy. This is where I thought we'd be in three years. I knew we were on the right track. What Do you buy any of that from Because I know you're more of a Lakers guy than I am. What do you think about Magic Johnson saying that? I love Magic. I, I don't know that I can argue that that's what he thinks, Grant. Sure. He says he thinks that. Okay, fine. <laughs> you can think that. Is it objectively a reality? No, probably not. As a matter of fact, from what we understand about Magic's time as the executive there, it wasn't an all-hands-on-deck scenario for him. A lot of pass in the bucket, let's get other people involved. I don't think he was particularly suited for the job. It was a PR move, and I think it helped lure LeBron. So in that respect, yes. If putting LeBron in there, the first piece was Magic's idea, because I don't think that LeBron comes without Magic there, then okay. Because without LeBron, there's no Anthony Davis. And believe me, that seems like a haul for Anthony Davis. Laker fans better hope he resigns there this offseason. Yeah. That's all I can say, because he's noncommittal about that at this particular moment. And I feel that he will, yeah. but I don't really care. I'm a Bucks fan. The dream scenario <laughs> for me, however, is to see the Bucks and the Lakers play in the NBA championship. Because when you statistically look at what Milwaukee and Giannis Antetokounmpo is doing this season... It only happened one other time, and that's when one of the Bucks and Lakers' all-time great, probably the best player ever, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, won the championship in 1971 with the Bucks. And I would love to see those two match up and really kind of complete this arc in history, yeah. which has been so interestingly tied, right? It's been such an interestingly tied history. I would love nothing more than to see that arc complete uh, this season. And it sure looks like tonight we at least get a preview of what that might look like. So it's very exciting. Yeah, tonight's game is so big, Dave. And I know you're a busy man. you got stuff going on, and I appreciate you just joining us for a couple minutes. This is the kind of day that was just – this was built for Dave Carney to come on my show. Lakers and Bucks, both 24-4. and four. It's going to be a lot of fun, Dave. Enjoy the game. I know you got to get up early tomorrow. I will be running the board for our – uh, news talk show in the morning, so I will see you brand, too, too bright and too nice. early tomorrow morning, and, and we can talk about it then. So thanks for the time, Dave. Appreciate it, Grant. Yeah, have an awesome night. Enjoy the game. That's Dave Carney. Mornings with Dave and Scrady here on WKTY, and he will be in early, bright and early at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning to talk about the game, so make sure you're listening to Dave and Scrady tomorrow morning starting at 6. When we come back, Dave gave us some fantastic statistics and, and talked about individual players and 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 kind of the, the logistics of how tonight's game is going to work. I want to take a step back, and I actually want to 
talk about how important this game is without getting into any individual players yet. Because I don't know if we are fully appreciating what a fantastic matchup we are getting tonight, the timing of this matchup, everything around it. This is so great, and I'll tell you why coming up next. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show, always presented by Played Against Sports. Back in a minute or two here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host, and we are having a blast tonight. I've been looking forward to the show all week because tonight's Bucks game, Bucks, Lakers, Pfizer form, 7 o'clock, pregame at 6.30 here on WKTY. This might be the game of the year. Throw opening day, opening night off the equation, off the table. You know, Lakers, Clippers, that was a great game, even though the Clippers ran away with it. This is the biggest game of the season to date for so many reasons. And coming up here in about 10 minutes, as we wrap up the show, I actually do want to talk about some individual players and some individual matchups that are going to be key tonight, or at least I expect them to be key tonight. Uh, But right now, I want to talk about the the scope of this game as a whole. But I do have to share Dave McMenamin, who covers the NBA for ESPN and and has been covering the NBA for a long time at a lot of different publications and, and networks. Uh, tweeted out uh, just about a minute ago that Frank Vogel is going to check in with Anthony Davis after his pregame workout to determine if he'll play versus Milwaukee or not. I cannot imagine Anthony Davis not playing tonight. That would be that would be a beta move it's to say eh, I'm not really feeling it. You guys, you guys have fun tonight. I know we're playing the Bucks and they're 24 and four and we're 24 and four and this is the matchup of of the year and it's on it's on prime time. It's on TNT Thursday night standalone game. How, how big of a beta move would that be? So I expect I expect Anthony Davis to play. I think it would be a horrible look for him if he didn't, uh, unless he is truly injured, which, of course, we would probably hear about after the fact. But noteworthy nonetheless. NBA games in the regular season, for the most part, are, are pretty insignificant. I mean, they're one of 82. Right? You play 82 regular season games, and every regular season game is just one of 82. So it's hard to get that fired up. It's hard to make a big deal out of any individual regular season games. Tonight... The matchup is fantastic. It is timed perfectly. It's on TNT. It's prime time. And, and, and look, you look at the records of these teams. Like I said, both 24 and 4. The seeding in their conference right now, both are the respective one seeds. They both have MVP candidates in LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Although I think Giannis should be far and away higher than LeBron, but that's not today's discussion. The, the statistics around these two teams, they're the most dominant teams in the league, and it's not close. You look at point differential. Right, meaning how much are you winning by? The Bucks far and away are leading the NBA at twelve point nine, almost thirteen points, which is ridiculous. They're best in the league. The Lakers are second in the league with a plus eight point nine. So the the Bucks are essentially a plus thirteen on the year, and the Lakers are a plus nine on the year. Imagine winning every game by thirteen points, or even winning games by nine points on any given night. The Lakers and the Bucks one two in the league, and and and. And by just about every metric, or at least that metric, the best in the league. You want to talk about offensive efficiency or offensive rating and defensive rating? The Bucks have the second best offensive rating in the league. The Lakers are fifth. Defensively, the Bucks are first. The Lakers are fourth. They're both way, way up there. And of course, you want to talk about the MVP candidates. It, 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 it's like, it's a storybook. You couldn't draw this up any better. LeBron James, 25.9 points, 7.5 rebounds, 10.5 assists. LeBron, or excuse me, Giannis, 31.7 points, almost 13 rebounds, and 5.5 assists per game. Two MVP candidates, 
two teams leading their respective conferences in top two in point differential, both in the top five of both offensive and defensive efficiency. These two teams are juggernauts, and they're matching up tonight. This game feels like the first legit NBA primetime matchup of the year. And I've said a couple times throughout the last month or two, takes me a little while to, to kind of switch my brain into basketball mode. Takes me a little while to say, okay, NFL is, is going on, but also the NBA is heating up. It, it takes me a couple of months to get there. And we are getting there tonight. This is the first Thursday night TNT game that will not go up against Thursday night football. Look, I love the NBA. But the Dolphins and the Jags playing on Thursday night football is going to outdraw an NBA game because that's how we work. That's how Americans are wired. We love football and we will watch football even if our team isn't playing. And I think up until this point in the season, I would have Monday night football and the Bucks on or Thursday night football and the Bucks on even if the Packers aren't playing because I love football. Everybody loves football. That, 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 that's America for you. Tonight is the first instance of a primetime game on Thursday night not going up against Thursday night football. That is a big deal. And I think that's a big reason why I feel like me and and maybe you as well are kind of switching gears in your brain saying, okay, football is still going on. The playoff picture is starting to set and, and we're a couple of weeks away, but also the NBA is getting really, really good. And I don't know if I've switched gears in my mind fully yet. Maybe, maybe I'm like sitting in between gears and I'm grinding, which is horrible. And I'm and I'm and I'm actually damaging my brain. Maybe this is a huge game, and both teams know it. Both teams know it. The Bucks knew it. They were on an 18 game winning streak, riding high, and they lost to the Mavericks the other night. The Lakers winning, shredding along. They lost to the Pacers the other night, 105, 102. Now both teams were in the game. The Lakers lost by three. The Bucks it, it was out of hand in the third and the fourth, or or they were at least at arm's length. From the Mavericks, but they made it close at the end. Not saying that these two teams overlooked their last opponents and both got killed, but I think even the, the players and the teams and the coaches feel the magnitude of this matchup. They've been on a collision course for a while because the Bucks schedule the last couple of weeks. Eh, not really any great teams in there. And, and the Lakers haven't played the most difficult schedule up until this point. They had a back-to-back that was really impressive. Back-to-back nights in Utah and in Denver where they excelled. But this marquee matchup has been a while coming. Games like this tonight are are, are also a measuring stick of sorts for a team like Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's not the only team in the league that would be facing this situation in a game like this. Milwaukee's done everything right to please Giannis, to please their superstar, and, and to try to sustain success and keep their superstar in Milwaukee. Not wanting to demand a trade like Anthony Davis did or leave in free agency like LeBron James has. Milwaukee's done everything right. Now, it might have taken them a couple of years, but they found the right coach. They found the right general manager. They threw gobs of money to build a new arena and a practice facility. And if you have not been to Pfizer Forum, if you haven't been to Pfizer Forum, first of all, get tickets to one of our bus trips, RadioStuffStore.com. It is gorgeous. It is beautiful. It is the class of the NBA. Milwaukee has done everything in their power to keep Giannis happy, to build a winning team, and to contend for an NBA championship. Which in Milwaukee, in a league that plays in the winter, is really, really hard. Bucks have done everything. But LeBron and the Lakers can walk in and say, we're the purple and gold. We've won how many rings? Won how many MVPs? Have had how many amazing legacy-style players and teams and coaches? We're the, we're the bleeping Lakers. And, and, and that's what's at stake tonight. 
Milwaukee, who's trying to do things, quote, the right way, like Houston had to and they built it up in, in Major League Baseball or in Kansas City did. You have to make every correct decision and you need to get a little bit lucky and you need everything to line up and you can do it as a small market team. The Lakers said, hey, we're the friggin' Lakers. And with Giannis's free agency decision essentially looming next summer, even though he's under contract for one more full year, the Bucks will extend to him the offer for that Supermax contract. And at that point, Giannis says, yeah, I'll sign it. Or no, I'm going to elect to become a free agent in a year. At that point, we've seen how things can go downhill quickly for a team with a superstar. And remember, as Dave mentioned earlier on in the show, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, back when he was Lou Alcindor, left Milwaukee to go to the Lakers shortly removed after winning a title. And that was in an era where player mobility wasn't what it is now. And players didn't demand their way out of towns and and team up with other superstars. Kareem still left Milwaukee a year or two removed from winning a title to go join the Lakers. And I don't know if... If, if I make a big deal out of that, I don't look, I grew up in Northwest Wisconsin, right around Eau Claire. I don't know if Bucks fans in Eau Claire make a huge deal of that. I, I don't want to assume, but I have a feeling that Bucks fans who were around in the 70s for those title runs and, and who have lived and grown up and, and, and been a Bucks fan for their entire life. Man, Kareem, as much as we like to worship him and, and, and fawn over Kareem when he comes back to Milwaukee, he did not leave Milwaukee graciously. I don't think he left Bucks fans with a great taste in their mouth. And, and Dave mentioned earlier that arc that has been going on ever since the early 70s with the Lakers and with the Bucks. It's not going to end tonight, but it's going to continue tonight. And I don't know if we I don't know if we think about that enough, to be honest. Standalone Thursday night game, no Thursday night football. A measuring stick game for a small market like Milwaukee. Two MVP candidates who are putting up incredible numbers. One in year 17, one in year 7, I believe. Giannis in year 7, I'm not actually sure about LeBron. 17 or 18? Either way. Both MVP candidates putting up tremendous numbers. And to, to, make, to make this even more interesting, I think Giannis is the only player in the league right now who can claim that he is the face of the league, the best player in the league other than LeBron James. I don't think Kawhi Leonard can because he doesn't play. He sits out every fourth game. Now, when the playoffs come around, when the finals roll around, he can make a case. But right now, who, who's the other player in the league other than Giannis who can say, yeah, I'm the best player in the world. I'm better than LeBron James. I think Giannis is the only one. And tonight is, is, is it's going to be a big part of that storyline, that narrative. God, I can't wait. 7 o'clock tip. 6.30 pregame here on WKTY. Ted Davis, Justin Garcia, everyone at the Bucks Radio Network. Make sure you're tuning in. Make sure you're watching, you're listening, because we're going to talk about this tomorrow. I know Dave and Scrady are going to talk about it in the morning as well. Now, Dave talked about some matchups, talked about some statistics. I just kind of set the scene to talk about why tonight's game is so important and it's so meaningful, even though it is one game of 82 and the postseason doesn't start until late spring. When we come back and when we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show, I actually want to get into a couple of matchups, a couple of players. Spoiler alert, I really only think there's one player that matters for the Bucks tonight. And I'll tell you why. I'm not going to get into the fourth, fifth string player, the backup shooting guard, the, the, the point guard. No, there's one player that matters for the Bucks. I'll explain coming up next. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show and continue to prep for tonight's Lakers-Bucks matchup. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm having a blast today. My name is Grant Bills. 
Thanks for hanging out. Follow me on Twitter, at KeystrokerGrand. I will no doubt have a meltdown tonight if the Bucks lose and will be overly snarky and sarcastic if the Bucks win. Follow me. Give me a tweet. I love talking sports. I love arguing, uh, mostly with a lot of sarcasm on Twitter. You can find me at KeystrokerGrand. Uh, it was just tweeted out by Dave McMenamin uh, and others that Anthony Davis is a go tonight, uh, and that was announced by the Lakers and their staff. So no worries. We're going to get the marquee matchup, although I would have been fine with it. I would have been fine with Anthony Davis not playing. I don't think this game comes down to any specific player other than Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, normally in a show like this, before a big game, it's a preview, right? We're getting to know both teams, talking about the storylines, the matchups. Here we go. You want an in-depth preview of tonight's game? You want in-depth analysis? You want insider info? Here, I'll give it to you. Ready? Both of these teams are really good. That is it. That is all. That's all you need to know. Both of these teams are really, really good. I'm not going to sit here and talk about Wesley Matthews versus Danny Green and Dwight Howard versus Robin Lopez or Brooke Lopez or JaVale McGee versus the Lopez brothers. I'm not going to get into that. We did a little bit of that with Dave uh, earlier on. Which, By the way, if you want to check out the podcast, anything you missed, uh, it'll go up a couple minutes after 6 o'clock, both at WKTYsports.com and on our mobile app as well. I'm not going to talk matchups. We talked a little bit about the injuries of Kuzma and Bledsoe. I don't think either one is is huge for tonight's matchup. Now, there are teams where the Bucks will desperately need Eric Bledsoe, especially defensively. But tonight, the Lakers really don't present a, a point guard that requires the defensive Bledsoe. I, I don't really care about the coaching matchup either. Frank Vogel or, or, or Budenholzer, they both coached in playoff games in big spots. I don't care. This game comes down to one player. One player. And that's Giannis, obviously. It's the Bucks' best player. But let me say why. I have watched... Probably every matchup of LeBron and Giannis for the last, uh, realistically, I'll say three years, it might be four. But I have seen every time that Giannis and LeBron have played each other before this year is with the Cavs or is with the Heat. I've watched every time they've matched up for the last three years. And as Giannis has matured, and physically and emotionally, and and, and he's gotten bigger, he's gotten better, and, and his superstardom has grown, he certainly hasn't shied away um, from going toe-to-toe with LeBron. Uh, the, the game against the Cavs two years ago where he snagged the loose ball in Milwaukee and went up uh, to put the Bucks up what would have been five points or or or, or um, four points at the end to kind of put the game out of reach. That was a big moment for Giannis. But there have also been instances in matchups of Giannis and LeBron where Giannis looks not overwhelmed, but almost looks hesitant to try to be the guy. It almost seems to be out of respect, which seems in the character of Giannis just a bit, to defer in the big moment to the player he grew up idolizing, the player he grew up watching, at least when he discovered what basketball was, which was later on in life than I'm sure a lot of American uh, NBA players who were born and raised in the United States. Giannis, when he was playing basketball, was watching LeBron and what he was doing, taking his, his team to the finals at age 21 and age 22, when Giannis was 11 and 12, 11 and 12 years old over in Greece. At times, it seems like Giannis has almost deferred the moment where, okay, LeBron is the main man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defer tonight. I'm gonna pass the ball. I'm gonna get everyone involved. I'm not gonna go at it with the same killer instinct and try to make a big statement like I typically would because almost out of respect for the game of basketball and for the greatest player playing right now, LeBron James, I, I, I'm not going to be bigger than him. Now, the Bucs have, have won games against LeBron. Even without Giannis's best stat line, I, I think two years ago when they finally got a win against the Cavs, Giannis only scored 
27, 26 points, if I remember correctly. And I was looking back at some of their matchups earlier today. The number isn't important. It's not about the scoring, the rebounds, the assists. We're at the point with Giannis now where, and I knock on wood as I say this, he doesn't really have bad nights in the sense that, oh, he only scored nine points, which we saw with Chris Middleton the other night. Giannis has reached the level where, like LeBron James, you almost know what you're going to get every single night. It's not about the scoring. It's not about the statistics. It's about the way he conducts himself on the floor and the way that he plays. Giannis can't shrink in the moment tonight. And it will be helpful, I think, that they are playing in Milwaukee. But Giannis can't shrink. He can't look to defer, look to get everyone involved. I'm going to get Wesley Matthews heated up. This game ain't about Wesley Matthews. In the same sense that for the Lakers, this game isn't about Danny Green. It's about LeBron. And Giannis can't shrink in that moment. He has to be a killer. Because I've seen, oh my God, have I seen Giannis be a killer. It's funny because he's very respectful. He's typically complimentary of others before he's complimentary of himself in press conferences and in locker room interviews. But I've also seen Giannis be an absolute killer on the floor. I was at the Philadelphia game last year where he bodied Ben Simmons down below the bucket, slammed on his head, screamed into the crowd, and then proceeded to yell, Ben Simmons is an effing baby. He's an effing baby. That's what Giannis needs to do tonight. That's how he has to behave. That's how he has to play. Because the rest of the team feeds off that. How would you, how would you feel if you're, if you're Giannis' teammate and you get this killer instinct, killer production every single night until he's matched up with LeBron James and then Giannis shrinks and, and, and defers? Giannis has to be a killer tonight. He needs to be yelling into the crowd. He needs to be playing physical and attacking. He's got to be a killer. He cannot shrink in the moment and defer the attention to LeBron James. Tonight ain't about LeBron James. At least not the Bucs. This should be the Bucs' announcement to the rest of the league that, yeah, we're 24-4 and uh, and we're better than we are last year. And it's cute what the Lakers are doing and the Clippers are doing over there, but we're going to run the East and, and we'll see one of these teams in the finals. That's what tonight has to be for this team. And it starts with Giannis Antetokounmpo playing like a killer. Doesn't mean he has to score 45 points. That's not what I'm saying. It's the manner in which he conducts himself, how he plays, the attitude, the body language. That's got to be there tonight, and that's going to be the first step for the Bucks winning. There are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home, which they, they should be. It's basically a pick em game. You give them a couple of points for home court advantage. Bucks might be slightly better. Lakers might be slightly better. We'll see tonight. Now, this game is not going to determine who will be better the rest of the year, who's going to win the title, but man, oh man, is this an important game for both teams and and a game they certainly both want to win. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off here on WKTY. Dave and Scrady going to talk about it first thing, 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. I will be back tomorrow to talk about it as well. Same time, same place here on the Wisco Sports Show. Talk to you then.